You're listening to the Valley Labor Report with David Story and Jacob Morrison. The time has come for America to hear the truth. We are going to stand with them, and not only are we going to fight for their rights, but we're going to stand up for our rights here in our state, in our homes, and in our community. is not going to be decided in the courts. It's not going to be decided in Congress. It's not going to be decided on talk radio. And it sure is not going to be decided on Fox News. Solidarity forever. Solidarity forever. Solidarity forever. For the Tennessee Valley, this is the Valley Labor Report. My name is Jacob Morrison, here with my co-host and fellow agitator, David Story. It is Saturday, August 22nd, 2020, and we're broadcasting live online and on the radio on WVNN in the Huntsville, Decatur, Athens listening area from Athens, Alabama. A recording of this program will play tomorrow, Sunday, August 23rd, 2020, on the great WGOL in Russellville, Alabama. Today, we're talking to Daniel Gross. Gross is a longtime organizer. He's the founder and executive director of Brand Workers, and he is the co-author with Stott and Lynn of Labor Law for the Rank and Filer, Building Solidarity While Staying Clear of the Law. Daniel has served on the steering committee of the Labor and Employment Committee of the National Lawyers Guild, as well as the Guild's National Executive Committee talking about corporate welfare versus social welfare, the Postal Service, taking your calls and more on today's Valley Labor Report. Thanks for tuning in, folks. We appreciate your time. If you want to see what we're up to throughout the week, get our snide quips about the news of the day, then you should follow us on social media. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash Valley Labor Report. We're on Twitter at Labor Reporters. I'm on Twitter at Jacob M underscore AL. David is on Twitter at Radical Unionist. If you missed part of the show and want to go back and watch it later, you can search YouTube for The Valley Labor Report and subscribe to our channel. You can go back and watch the full show there, and we also clip segments throughout the week. We also upload the program on more than 11 different podcasting apps, so you can see if we are on your listening platform of choice, you can go to The valleylaborreport.transistor.fm slash subscribe. And finally, if you appreciate our work and want to help us stay on the air, consider throwing us a couple dollars a month on patreon.com slash the Valley Labor Report. And folks, uh, I mean, that's, that's important. Your support really helps us out. Uh, we now have 17 patrons and um, the more support that we get from listeners, the less that we will have to rely on advertisers um, and the more time that we can spend making the show. Uh, over the past few weeks, I've been scheduling guests out. We've got guests now for the next uh, seven weeks, and we've got some really cool guests. We're going to be doing a, uh, a deep dive into the situation at USCIS. 
uh, I'm going to be trying to talk to uh, some workers at the Machinist Union Local S6 about their strike in Maine. Uh, we're going to be talking to the Tennessee U.S. Senatorial candidate uh, for the Democratic Party, Marquita Bradshaw. Going to be talking to the International Organizing Department Chair for the IWW. Going to be talking to Kim Kelly. Going to be doing a big show on Bolivia. I mean, we've got some like uh, we we've got some really really cool things um, uh, lined up. So um, you know, if you if you think we're doing some good stuff, then uh, maybe support us on Patreon. We would appreciate it. On to the interview. Uh, like I said, Daniel Gross is the founder and executive director of Brand Workers. Brand Workers is an organization of specialty food and manufacturing workers building an industry-wide solidarity union with the industrial workers of the world. Previously, Daniel co-founded the IWW Starbucks Workers Union and represented, uh, and represented Brand Workers in the founding of the Food Chain Workers Alliance. Trained as an attorney, Daniel has coached and developed tools to support workers building unions and worker centers in a wide variety of industries across the country. He's the co-author with Stoughton Lind of Labor Law for the Rank and Filer, um, and like I said, he served on the steering committee of the Labor and Employment Committee uh, of the National Lawyers Guild, as well as on the Guild's National Executive Committee. So Daniel, uh, I appreciate you, uh, you taking the time to talk to us. I, I, I really do. I'm a big fan of your book. It's wonderful to be with you. I, I only wish it was in person, and I hope that can happen uh, soon. And uh, I'm a fan as well, so it's a mutual admiration. Thrilled to be with you. Thanks, Daniel. I appreciate it. So, um, when when we were talking about uh, you know what we wanted to talk about, um, uh, uh, trying to, to get a get a direction for the interview, um, you, you said that you kind of wanted to talk about your book, and 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 again, the book is just. I, I want to brag on the book for a second. It is a really good, and I'm showing it to the camera here. It's labor law for the rank and filer. It is, as you can see, it's short. It is very easy to read. Uh, that's something that like Noam Chomsky thinks is very important. Like your your work here is very digestible. I mean, anybody can just pick this book up, and after they read it, they'll have a good idea of uh, what rights they have in the workplace. Um, and where they can use the law as a tool in their organizing campaigns and um, and and, uh, and in their direct actions. I, I think it's I, I think it's it's a really really good book, really easy to read, really good synopsis of what workers can and can't do legally, quote unquote. Uh, so could you just tell us kind of uh, uh, what would what would you say is the most important thing to um, to think about when we talk about labor law in the context of the coronavirus? Well, first of all, let me just say I, I appreciate hearing how the book has resonated because that really hits at the heart of what Stoughton and I were trying to get at and which was, uh, you know, this was before super digital days. We, we wanted a book that, that workers could, you know, put in their knapsack or in a pocket. We wanted it to be an affordable book. Uh, and we wanted it to be digestible, uh, as you said. And I think one of the, the, not one of the, the most rewarding parts of, of collaborating with Stoughton on this work uh, is hearing from rank and file workers from every industry you can imagine uh, who have found the book and have been motivated uh, to organize with their coworkers. Uh, so it, it's good to hear that it's resonated over there. Um, 
Yeah, what a what a time to be talking. Um, as you all know, working people, particularly working people of color, have been under tremendous, tremendous stress and pain uh, long before COVID. Um, but COVID has just escalated that and raised up so many of these issues of oppression uh, so starkly. Um, at Brand Workers, uh, where I work, we've had many, many, many members sicken, um, tremendous problems of physical health, mental health, and of course, economic health. Um, and we had to lay to rest one of our beloved, beloved members, Juanito, who left behind his son. So we're, we're really talking fundamentally about uh, survival organizing and um, in particular, what we've been talking about at Brand Workers and what I've been talking about in the context of labor law for the rank and filer uh, is this idea that, uh, you know, what we really need is survival organizing that also builds power over the long term. You know, and that's my main message today is how do we make sure we're not only surviving, but taking advantage of the opportunity to really start winning some transformative justice. Uh, so, you know, it really starts with um, collective action. That's what labor law for the rank and filer is all about. It's right there in the subtitle. You know, how do you build the solidarity? How do you build this power um, without the law getting in the way? Uh, as workers, I think so often, uh, and it's so understandable, it's so natural, we make the mistake of thinking we can solve our problems with the law. We try to find any excuse we can. Talking to our coworkers, to avoid talking to our neighbors, to avoid talking to our uh, folks in our faith institutions, because we just want to get to the lawyer and we hope that there's a solution there. Um, it, it just doesn't work that way. Um, the law is not built for us to solve our problems as working people that way. And what labor law for the rank and filer tries to make clear is that there is no alternative uh, to coming together as coworkers, coming together as a working class. Once that point is clear, then we can look at the law as a sword amongst other swords. We can look at it as a shield and we can look at how the law can be a net to restrain our solidarity. So we have to contend with the law. We have to understand how it fits in, how it doesn't fit in. But it must be a bit player in the larger story of solidarity. Right, right. And, and you know, there are people on kind of either side of this argument that I, that I, think, that I think go too far. There are some that say, um, that, that would say like, you know, never, never use the law, never use the uh, legalistic method or grievance procedures or anything. It doesn't build build power for workers. It doesn't like there's there's no good in it. Every you know, uh, and um, and then on the other side, you'll have business unions who say that the law and the official sanctioned pathway is the only pathway that's legitimate. And um, you know what this book what this book does really well is it helps it, it helps workers understand 
what their options are. And I think that, uh, you know, I think that it's important to assess every tool that workers have in their toolkit and use every tool that they can uh, to the extent that it helps. And, you know, sometimes a grievance procedure in a business union is uh, that's, uh, you know, especially in a business union that's kind of um, that's kind of been weakened and beaten down. You know, I mean, that that may be the best thing that you can get. And to just uh, wholesale say that's not an option. Um, you know, that doesn't make sense. Or to say that the NLRB going to the NLRB is just not an option. I mean, it doesn't make sense. Uh, now, is that always the best option? No, of course not. But it's important to like dispassionately assess what the tools that you have. And, and this book really helps to do that. Yes, absolutely. I agree with you 100%. Uh, you know, what, what I try to get at uh, working with folks organizing in a variety of industries is that when it comes time to identify and go after a deeply held problem, whether it's the boss not allowing adequate mourning for coworkers who have been felled to the boss's negligence in COVID, whether it's a lack of health care, whether it's wage theft, whether it's sexual harassment, whatever the issue is, um, you've got to start with understanding that you have to build enough power to overcome the boss's resistance to your demand and win it. Right. That's the starting point. Right. Not where do I file my OSHA complaint? Where do I file my EEOC complaint? It's about asserting enough power. Right. Uh, we're speaking to Daniel Gross. We're going to talk to him some more on the other side of this break about how you can use the law to help win in your workplace and, and how sometimes maybe it's not the best, uh, maybe it's not the best thing to look towards. Uh, so stay tuned. This is the Valley Labor Report. We're talking to Daniel Gross. You're listening to the Valley Labor Report with David Story and Jacob Morrison. The attorneys at Maples, Tucker and Jacobs have stood with the working people of Alabama for over 40 years providing skilled legal representation for your workplace injury claims. When you are injured on the job, it can be a scary time, but the attorneys at Maples, Tucker & Jacobs have the experience to guide you through the process to make sure that you and your family are properly taken care of and your rights are protected. If you need help, call the attorneys at Maple, Tucker & Jacobs at 855-617-9333 or visit online at www.mtandj.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services is greater than the quality of legal services provided by other law firms. All workers deserve fair wages, affordable health care, and a retirement plan that enables them to retire with dignity. All workers deserve to have a say about the terms and conditions of their employment, not just the bosses. With the machinist unions, over 600,000 members having our back, Local Lodge 44 in Decatur, Alabama has been serving workers' interests for over 20 years. Our members have the best health insurance in the area with zero deductible plans. We set the bar for pay in the area with over $40 an hour rates, consistently averaging the highest non-college degree jobs in North Alabama with some of the best retirement plans in the industry. We can do the same for you. Together, we remain united, raising our voices to ensure justice on the job and service in the community. The Machinist Union is a true Southern Union founded in Atlanta in 1888 
We've been serving members' needs for 132 years. The longevity of our union proves our dedication and loyalty to the working class. The Machinist Union isn't just for machinists. We represent workers in government, healthcare, auto workers, aerospace workers, transportation workers, the defense industry, and woodworking. Our members even build the iconic Harley-Davidson motorcycles. If you're ready to get serious about better benefits and wages, if you want to have a voice in your workplace with over 600,000 members to back you up, call or email us today at 256-286-3704 or organize at iamaw44.org. Here in Huntsville, federal employees are an invaluable part of the nation's defense, offering unmatched expertise in engineering and technology and as stewards of taxpayer dollars. What we ask for in return is to be treated with fairness, dignity, and respect. The American Federation of Government Employees, AFGE, Local 1858, is a union of working people looking out for each other, making sure that we're treated right. To inquire about joining or to learn more, call 256-876-4880. Hey y'all, are you tired of hearing that the South is just a bunch of racist rednecks? Or tune in to Dixieland of the Proletariat podcast. We talk about Southern working class history and current events through a leftist perspective. Join Nelson, Senior Telecommunications Director Tommy, Comrade Kate, former pig farmer Tyler, and Brother William, wherever you stream your podcast. And good Lord willing, the creek don't rise. We'll see y'all next time. It's Dixieland of the Proletariat, y'all. WVNN. Now you want higher wages, let me tell you what to do. Got to talk to the workers in the shop with you. You got to build you a union, got to make it strong. But if you all stick together, boys, don't be long. You got shorter hours. Shorter hours. Better working conditions. Better working conditions. Vacations with pay. That's Take right. your kids to the seashore. Take them there. Cause Vacation. it ain't quite that simple, so I better explain just why you got to ride on the union train. Cause if you wait for the boss to raise your pay, we'll all be waiting till judgment day. We'll all be buried. On to heaven. St. Peter will be the straw boss then, boys. Now you know you're underpaid, but the boss All right. Welcome back to the Valley Labor Report. We are talking to Daniel Gross, co-author of Labor Law for the Rank and Filer, about labor law in the context of the coronavirus pandemic. So we've kind of been talking about strategies and, and how labor law maybe can and can't uh, help in the abstract, but Daniel, can you talk to us about uh, specifically some of the uh, some of the rights that workers have that are that are codified um, that they could uh, theoretically go to the NLRB or to OSHA um, to and file a complaint? And uh, can you kind of t- tell us what those tell us what those rights are and what the mechanisms for enforcement are and um, how you can incorporate this into a broader strategy of building democratic worker power within a uh, within a, a union of working people um, uh, working in, in solidarity with one another yes now that I've hopefully talked us out of looking to the law as uh, the first solution, <laughs> Uh, you've come together with your coworkers. You understand that you're going to have to build an organization together. Um, you are looking at the set of tools you're going to use to assert the power you're going to need to win. Um, 
So let's start with the most profound law of all, a very unique law, and that's the National Labor Relations Act. It is so unique because it doesn't speak to our protection as an individual worker, and it doesn't speak to a particular working condition or wage that we don't like and we want to change. It protects the right for us to come together with our coworkers and fight our boss around whatever wage or working condition issue we want to fight on. That could be social distancing policies, masks, sanitizers, paid sick leave, or it could be, and I'm going to use an example to provoke a little bit, it could be we don't like the coffee in the break room that's being provided. My, my point here is that if you find yourself with your coworkers frustrated or hurt or upset about any wage or working condition that you're facing, you have the right to take action against it. You don't have to look up the law and see, well, you know, we, we want to get paid a night differential for the night shift. Are we able to come together and demand the boss and fight the boss to get that? Yes, you can. Uh, so the same is true for safety, not just COVID, any safety issue uh, you can imagine. Are the machines in good working order? Are they being operated correctly? Is there the right training? Um, so I want to tell you some good news because I'm usually bearing bad news about labor law. The National Labor Relations Act, which protects you across the country, it protects striking. But the highest protected strike in labor law in the United States is about abnormally dangerous conditions. Conditions that I would argue, employers would argue the contrary, that include dying from the boss's recklessness with respect to an infectious disease that can kill you. It's so protected that the National Labor Relations Act doesn't even consider a work stoppage around abnormally dangerous conditions a strike. It says, this is such a sacred thing to stop work to protect your life, that it's not even a strike. So I think that's where I would definitely start. You know, sisters, brothers, fellow workers of all genders, please do not leave it up to your boss to protect your life. I cannot tell you the heartbreak to lay a fellow worker to rest uh, from COVID and, and see the look on their child's face. Please do not leave it up to the boss to get you through this pandemic. Um, that is a right that you have. And Jacob, you mentioned OSHA. There's a very analog uh, right. There's a very uh, uh, relevant right in the OSHA Act. That's the Occupational Safety and Health Act. That's also a law around the nation. And that's the right to refuse dangerous work. Uh, the exact steps to take and look at, you can find at OSHA.gov. But the bottom line is pretty simple. If there's work that's dangerous uh, and and you, you can't get out of that danger in another way, the harm is imminent, you have the protected right uh, not to do that work. 
to I'm going to sound like a broken record. You you want to do that with your coworkers? Yeah. You want to do it with the labor union? You want to do it as part of a larger strategy? That's that's refuse what I was, that dangerous work. That's what I was about to mention is to bring it back towards your initial statement is we you need to be working collectively. You need you really you, this this doesn't work if you as an individual go out and try to do this by yourself. Amen. Amen. I think that's the key point, and I think that's the hardest part of, of COVID organizing. As workers started organizing, uh, many of us started having conversations, giving trainings around this major challenge. How do you organize for survival while building long-term union power? Um, that, that is the question that everyone has to grapple with. And I think the answer to that is as fast as things are moving, as hard as things are right now, economically, physical health, mental health, we still have to try to stick to the organizing fundamentals as much as possible. So it's not about just, you know, going willy-nilly without a game plan and going after the boss. It's about figuring out how are we going to go after the boss to stay safe today while laying the groundwork for power tomorrow. And those are some of the boring things that maybe maybe you want to talk about in such a fast-moving time of history. It's how do we get a hold of an organizing training so we can learn how to make what organizers... Right. That Yes, uh, that that's exactly right. It's important to do everything in the context of uh, building power for you, yourself and your fellow workers. We're going to be talking to Daniel Gross about this for one more segment. Uh, Daniel, thanks again for your time. Folks, stay tuned. This is the Valley Labor Report. Huntsville's number one news, talk, and weather station. WVNN FM. WVNN FM Trinity. A cumulus station. It's 10 o'clock. Hundreds of wildfires. Two big storms. I'm Christopher Cruz. Ten states are sending fire crews or aircraft or both to help California's weary firefighters. They're fighting some of the largest fires in the state's history, says meteorologist Allison Chinchar. You have two of them. When you look at the top 10 largest wildfires in California history, we have two of them that are still ongoing. One is currently sitting at number two and fourth place. So again, in theory, both of those could get higher. They could become the first or the third because they're still ongoing. Six people have died. Hundreds of homes have been incinerated as 560 wildfires burned throughout the state. 22 of them classified as major. There's a tropical storm churning in the eastern Caribbean now that forecasters say could become a hurricane. Another tropical storm has formed at the other end of the Caribbean. Meteorologist Derek Van Dam says both storms could enter the Gulf of Mexico next week to pose an almost simultaneous threat to the entire region. This is just incredible to see two cones of uncertainty moving into the same general area at the same exact time. President Trump is threatening to veto a Democratic bill to give $25 billion to the U.S. Postal 
Postal Service. Correspondent Sunland Serfati is on Capitol Hill covering a rare Saturday session of the U.S. House of Representatives. Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi says she wants this bill very narrowly focused just on USPS. Now it would block organizational and operational changes to the USPS through next year past the election. Pelosi says the Postal Service will be, quote, election central as millions of Americans opt for mail-in ballots during the coronavirus pandemic. President Trump is on the golf course this morning. The number of deaths from the coronavirus worldwide reached 800,000 today, and Washington state health officials say more than 30 coronavirus cases have now been reported in an outbreak at a hospital in Bremerton. I'm Christopher Cruz. Are you paying too much for term life insurance? There's a tremendous price war among the major term life companies. Rates have dropped dramatically in the past few years. For example, a man age 45 non-tobacco user. $1 million of coverage, $75 per month level rate for the next 10 years. Or a man age 50 non-tobacco can obtain $500,000 of coverage for a monthly premium of only $110 per month, guaranteed not to change for the next 20 years. That's right, level rate guaranteed not to change for the next 20 years. If you're a smoker, we have great rates available for you as well. At Term Busters, we specialize in policies of $500,000 and above. If you're looking for new or replacement term life insurance, call today for a quote at 1-800-569-5440. That's 1-800-569-5440. You're probably paying more than you should. Call Term Busters, 1-800-569-5440, or visit our website at termbusters.net. Remember, 1-800-569-5440. Rates and availability may vary by state. Sample rate quotes based on preferred non-tobacco underwriting. Exam required to qualify. Ours are the first generations to feel the effects of climate change and the last to be able to do anything about it. The window to meet this historic challenge is closing. We're already losing our lives and livelihoods. Millions have already been impacted by climate change. We can passively accept this fate or we can join together and take back our power. If we so choose, our best days are ahead. We have a legacy of coming together to face crises that threaten the very ideals of our nation, from the horrors of slavery to the depths of the Great Depression, from the spread of fascism during World War II to the rise of Jim Crow, we have overcome before and we have the power to do it again. Let's end the climate crisis by igniting a transformational new era where the government works for the common good. Go to arminarmforclimate.org. That's arm in arm, the number four, climate.org to learn more. Public schools are critical to the success of communities and democracy. Now more than ever, our educators and school support staff are going above and beyond to support our students and families. We at the Alabama Education Association are proud to represent the hardworking employees of our public schools and colleges. Thank you for all of your love and dedication to Alabama students. Please take care and stay safe. Hey y'all, are you tired of hearing that the South is just a bunch of racist rednecks? Or tune in to Dixieland of the Proletariat podcast. We talk about Southern working class history and current events through a leftist perspective. Join Nelson, Senior Telecommunications Director Tommy, Comrade Kate, former pig farmer Tyler, and brother William, wherever you stream your podcast. And good Lord willing, the creek don't rise. We'll see y'all next time. It's Dixieland of the Proletariat, y'all. News Talk 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN.
folks. Good morning and welcome back to the Valley Labor Report. We have Daniel Gross on the line. We're talking about um, labor law in the context of the coronavirus and in the context of using the law as a tool to build power in your union. Daniel was talking about how uh, the NLRA and OSHA protect your right to um, to strike, and more than that, they it, it protects your right to uh, do a work stoppage over unsafe working conditions, and that's one of the highest, most protected rights that you have. And so, this is an important tool to incorporate into your um, your organizing plan to to build solidarity among your coworkers and to keep yourself and your sisters and brothers on the job safe. Um, I mean, like. Like Daniel said, he he's had to bury a fellow worker, and uh, because of this, and I mean, I couldn't imagine. I I know people. Um, I've got family members who lost both of their parents to this, and that is a. I mean, that is that's really tough, um, and and so it's important where we can to be fighting for each other because the boss isn't going to do it for you. The politicians left town. They're on vacation right now. They're not in D.C. They're not fighting for you. You've got to fight for yourselves. And so that's why we're having this conversation to figure out what kind of tools we have in our toolbox. And um, and so, Daniel, you talked about how these, these rights are protected. Um, how does a worker go about um, enforcing these rights that they have uh, technically protected, right? Because we, we know that in America the boss, and especially if you work for a large corporation, they have so much more power um, and they will tell you, they'll just lie to you about the rights that you have. And so you need to be firm in what you know, and you need to be firm in the process for getting these rights enforced um, uh, because your boss isn't going to help you enforce your right to strike over unsafe working conditions. That's not, that, that's not going to work. So, um, it, and, and there are people that are fired illegally, illegally for organizing. So, um, wh- what do workers do to enforce these rights that they have? How do they go about that? Well, to in the most you know narrow sense, to enforce the both your rights with the NLRB and, and OSHA, it's a very simple process to file a complaint. Very simple form. Um, go to NLRB.gov, OSHA.gov. To actually win and build power and have the job you deserve every day, um, unions are essential. There is no substitute for unions, um, for workers that want to have the job they and their family deserve um, over the long haul. Uh, and the, the more clear we can get on that, the better our workplaces will get, but also our society. When you look at uh, the economic pain that folks are experiencing because of government's absence um, to get us through this pandemic economically. Why? Why is that? When we look at the environmental issues, why are all these things happening? Um, It's because, in part, we don't have enough power um, as organized workers, and that comes from from unions. Um, I should say, in terms of supporting uh, unions, which should be at the center, um, there's also other groups that, that folks can look to, you know, worker centers, advocacy groups, community groups, 
uh, networks of workers in your industry um, that can also play a really helpful supporting role uh, while you're forming your labor union. Right, right. Yeah, there's one uh, There's one in Alabama that does some really good work, Adelante Alabama Workers Center down in Birmingham. I don't think we have a worker center in Huntsville, uh, but Adelante is really good. Um, I've been to an organizer training there, and I was really impressed with, with the folks that are – I was really impressed with the folks that are staffing it at least, um, you know, and, and the the grounding that they have in their community. Um, so uh, what are um, – so – you mentioned that, uh, you know, you, so we talked about kind of the, the legal process. What would be some of your advice for um, building solidarity among your coworkers? Because like you mentioned, you know, filing a complaint with the NLRB, filing a complaint with OSHA, um, that will work kind of narrowly in certain instances. But the broadest and best and most powerful weapon that you have is uh, the labor of yourself and your fellow workers and the um, the ability to withhold that labor. So how, what, how would you go about building solidarity among your coworkers to, uh, in the process of building up to a strike or building up to a work stoppage or building up to a petition or some, some other action? As simplistic as it sounds, it starts with the conversation. And I never take for granted how scary or weird it can be to try to set up a conversation with your coworker after work, not to, not to talk sports, not to talk, uh, relationships, not to, not to just have a beverage, but actually to talk about work. I think back to when I was a barista at Starbucks and it came time to start seeing if my coworkers wanted to come together and start a union. I always keep present in my mind. I was extremely nervous that, that first time it was, the day had come and I had to look at my coworker on the shop floor and say, hey, you know, can we meet later this week to talk about work? I was really scared. I was nervous. Um, but I got through it and we did meet and we had a wonderful meeting. And the second time I had to do it, it got a little easier. And the third time it got easier and then it became like natural and nothing at all. Um, so I honor it can be hard. But have a conversation uh, with your coworkers. Do it one-on-one -on -one so you can really connect and, and see what's going on, what their problems are, what their aspirations are for the future. Just listen. Oh, my goodness. If I said one piece of advice, just listen. Right. So much good will happen if you listen to each other as coworkers. Um, and ultimately... Uh, you know, you're gonna wanna, you're gonna wanna get support. It's very, very difficult to go it alone. Um, you know, you, 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 you'll, you'll be able to kind of explore out there what, what fits. Um, you know, if you're looking for something that's member led, member operated, big vision for social change, you know, you'll go IWW. Um, if you're looking for a union that is maybe more about reform, uh, more so than fundamental change, where you can participate and you can vote on the union's work, but much is done by staff and elected representatives. Certainly, if you want a traditional collective bargaining agreement, you'll go with one of the AFL-CIO unions. Um, and if you're really, really, really stubborn and you absolutely cannot find any union that you connect with, you'll start an independent union with right. no affiliation. <laughs> That's really difficult. Please try to find a union Right. Uh, to work with, uh, but sometimes folks go independent, and mm -hmm. in rare cases, they're successful. 
it takes it, but you know, to to speak to that for just a second, it it is very very difficult for somebody to do that, uh, you know. And then if you reach out, you know, part of that collectivism that we talk about that you're talking about in work also extends out to your brothers and sisters across the nation and in other nations, and the fact that you can build that solidarity with. Uh, with other people in your industry, whether it be with IWW or your typical uh, AFL-CIO union or trade union or industrial union. But there's also uh, a lot of education there. People that's been there and done that numerous times before that can help guide, uh, guide you as a worker along that path without having, because there's going to be a lot of mistakes, you know. Right. And uh, so... Definitely. I can't even imagine trying to do that by myself. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we, we have a few more minutes left in this segment. And, um, and, and I got somebody asked me a question. Um, uh, is this is this an unsafe working environment? And I think that uh, in, in the context of, of the coronavirus. And so how do uh, you know, my my thing would probably be that uh, if everybody working there says it's an unsafe working environment and they're willing to take an action about it, sign a petition or do a work stoppage or a work slowdown, then it's an unsafe working environment. But how do you delineate between a safe and unsafe working environment in the context of the coronavirus? I think you hit right on the head. Um, workers are the experts um, on work, and if we if we need if we listen to workers, um, then we'll have a lot of clarity on on what's safe and what's not. And you see that now with the reopening of public schools, where teachers were not consulted, and uh, in some cases, teachers are are beating back uh, that opening with strikes or threats of strikes. Um, the bottom line is that uh, you know this this virus is extremely contagious, uh, and there's some workplaces that just cannot be safe right now uh, by virtue of the kind of work that they're doing. Yeah, that Daniel, that's exactly right. And so the big thing to take away from this conversation is the most powerful tool that you have is yourself and your fellow workers. But uh, Daniel, we've got about uh, 15 seconds left. Tell us where we can find you and where we can buy your book. You can find me uh, on Twitter at DG Organized. You can find Brand Workers at brandworkers.org. And the best place to buy the book is You're listening from to the, the Valley Labor Report with David Story and Jacob Morrison. The attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have stood with the working people of Alabama for over 40 years, providing skilled legal representation for your workplace injury claims. When you are injured on the job, it can be a scary time. But the attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have the experience to guide you through the process to make sure that you and your family are properly taken care of and your rights are protected. If you need help, call the attorneys at Maple, Tucker, and Jacobs at 855-617-9333 or visit online at www.mtandj.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services is greater than the quality of legal services provided by other law firms. Ours are the first generations to feel the effects of climate change and the last to be able to do anything about it. The window to meet this historic challenge is closing. We're already losing our lives and livelihoods. Millions have already been impacted by climate change. We can passively accept this fate or we can join together and take back our power. 
If we so choose, our best days are ahead. We have a legacy of coming together to face crises that threaten the very ideals of our nation, from the horrors of slavery to the depths of the Great Depression, from the spread of fascism during World War II to the rise of Jim Crow. We have overcome before and we have the power to do it again. Let's end the climate crisis by igniting a transformational new era where the government works for the common good. Go to arminarmforclimate.org. That's arm in arm, the number four, climate.org to learn more. The Valley Labor Report is also supported by listeners like you. If you value the work that we are doing, injecting a different perspective into talk radio, and you have the means, consider signing up for a monthly donation on patreon.com slash the Valley Labor Report. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash the Valley Labor Report to support our work and keep us on the air. If you're looking for contractors with lower than average EMR and TRIR, if you need to supplement a workforce at any level for any amount of time, if you need iron workers that come trained and certified at no extra cost, or if you need workers from superintendent down to general laborer and you're looking to start work on a project or you're unhappy with your current contractor situation, you need to call my friend Jeb Miles with the Iron Workers Local 477. They only work with the best in the business, vetted contractors, and can do all kinds of jobs from roofing to steel and bridge erection, from welding to heavy rigging, from structural repairs to machinery alignment, and much more. They supply manpower on four of the five largest projects in North Alabama, so you know they're legit. If you need good quality, safe, efficient, diligent, and knowledgeable workers on your job, then you need the Iron Workers Local 477. Call Jeb Miles at 256 383 3334, that's 256-383-3334, or via email at local477 at bellsouth.net, and make sure you tell them that you heard about them on the Valley Labor Report. News Talk 770 AM, 925 FM, WVNN. Welcome back to the Valley Labor Report. My name is Jacob Morrison, here with my co-host, David Story. We just got through with a conversation with Daniel Gross, and uh, we cut it just a little bit too close. We were just just a bit too close. Um, and, and he was telling us where he could, where we could buy his book. But the best place to buy his book is pmpress.org. That is a printing collective worker. Uh, it's a worker cooperative. Um, so that's some good. It, it's good. That's where I got mine from. That's labor law for the rank and filer, building solidarity while staying clear of the law. So, um, and one of the things to point out when you're ordering from them is recognize that your money is going to the workers. Right. Don't go yeah, out and buy this book on Amazon. You're, you know, send the money to the workers. Speaking of Amazon, Speaking are you tired of boring and corporate out of touch shows and movies being cranked out by Amazon Prime and Netflix and Hulu? 
Well, there is an alternative now. Means TV is the world's first worker-owned post-capitalist streaming service. That's right. This is a worker-owned streaming service like we were talking about with PM Press. This is worker-owned. The, uh, the, your purchase goes to the people making the product. This is a worker-owned streamer streaming service with a library of post-capitalist movies, documentaries, series, and weekly original shows covering news, culture, gaming, and more. They have films like The Writer with No Hands, a documentary thriller about a screenwriter who disappeared in Los Angeles in the 90s, or Means Morning News, their weekly post-capitalist news show. And I'll, I'll tell you, the news show alone is enough reason to check it out. There's also a Marxist video game show, an animated kids show about anarchist cats, and content from some of your favorite content creators online, like The Trillbillies, Abby Martin, Richard Wolf, Street Fight Radio, The Surfs, and more. And the best part is that it is entirely funded by you. There are no advertisers, no venture capital firms ever. For $10 a month, you get access to a huge library of socialist, communist, and anarchist content on Means TV with new movies and shows added every week. And if you can't afford that, just send them an email and they'll get you set up at whatever you can afford. It's an incredible lineup of content and now more than ever, it's vital to support media that reflects and empowers working people. So check out Means TV by going to means.tv tv on your web browser or download their app on ios android and roku and roku and when you do use code valley labor at checkout for 50 percent off support entertainment for the 99 percent checkout means tv today um now what so, a great interview that was what a great interview i really i enjoyed that yeah yeah daniel's such a nice guy he's a nice guy and i mean it's good like that i wasn't just blowing smoke up his bum when i'm talking about no this it's book. a great it's book. a great book yeah. it is a great book i recommend it i really recommend it to, you, um, bring it back around to what the original statement and he made the point several times and i made the point collective action yes collectively yes. you need to don't buy this book and think that you're going to go out and, and file a board charge by yourself right. without any support you right. it's going to come turn out terrible for you right right it is that's you really yeah, need to work the, collectively yeah that's the big thing um, while uh, before we kind of get into the, the later part of the show, we've got some, um, and you know, while we're while we're kind of doing uh, um, advertising stuff, we're gonna advertise some of our stuff now. We have uh, we've been in, co- in in contacts with a local union print shop yes. about um, about hats for the Valley Labor Report. I love wearing hats. I hate fixing my hair, so I just wear hats all the time. I haven't. I have <laughs> I've maybe actually uh, <laughs> combed my hair like uh, once since the pandemic started. Every other day I wear a hat. So it's uh, uh, I love it. I love wearing hats. And, and um, this hat that we're getting, it's, it's going to be a black hat with the Valley Labor Reports logo embroidered on the front. Yep. And um, it's a good look. At, I've already got the. Uh, the image of it. They yeah. sent it to me yesterday. I just oh. didn't have time. I, but we'll get it up on the on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, Twitter. Yeah, and we're gonna get it up on Facebook and Twitter so y'all can check it out. Uh, and patrons, the, if people who were patrons before the day, people who were 
uh, supporting the show before today, we're going to send y'all a hat for free. Big so, love. Yes. Big because love. Because we, we really we appreciate uh, y'all's support a lot, and we want to uh, show you our support in that. Uh, uh, show you our, our gratitude uh, and, and give you something that, that you can wear around. And uh, if you want a hat, um, if you want a hat and you're not a patron right now, then uh, you can you can buy one. We're gonna put out a um, we're gonna put out a form that you can fill out uh, and, and uh, you can you can pre-order one. We're gonna be taking orders for the next two weeks or so. Um, so so if you want a hat, be sure that you're following us on Facebook and Twitter. That's where we're gonna putting be putting this information out. And uh, and you can get a hat, uh, support the show, uh, you know through through your purchase of the hat and through the wearing of the hat. Uh, and, it, and it looks really good. It's and support it's union workers. Support union workers, support American workers, yes. support Alabama, Tennessee Valley workers. Yeah. I mean, this is like... And, this is yeah. as local yeah. as it yes. gets. This, yes. The print shop is out of Florence or, and yeah. the, in yeah. the Muscle Shoals area. So right. they're doing a great job. Yeah. Closest union print shop around. Yep. There's there's not one closer. So, um, so yeah. By so, local. David, you had some, uh, you had some stuff that you were wanting to talk about. Um, yeah, I was just, you know, I, once again, I'm, I'm listening to the conservative. <laughs> I don't know how you got me doing this, but now I'm hooked listening to it. Just, <laughs> just pointing hate, out. Just all, hate listening to WVNN. Now, well, it, it's, I've never listened to it before. And right. so it's kind of like, now that I'm listening to it, it provides a different perspective, I guess, mm-hmm. than, what I, mm-hmm. than what I normally read. And, uh, and it, it keeps me on my toes because I'm able to point out the hypocrisy right. uh, of the, of the talking heads, but what's, what's bothered me the last couple of weeks. And, and you know, as well as I do, I'm not, a, a, I'm not by any stretch of the imagination, a Biden supporter. He was probably would have been one of my last picks had it, uh, had I been king for the king, king for king the, of day. the democratic primary. Yeah. yeah. But here lately, all we've heard is the communist Democrats, the socialist Democrats, the far left are coming, you know, and it's Marxism is a word that gets thrown around quite a lot. And I kind of wanted to point out the, the, the Constitution, specifically the preamble. Uh, you know, it, it, it covers all of, all of what we as a nation are supposed to be doing uh, where, what our rights are, what the government uh, should be doing. You know, and one of the things in there is provide for the common defense, which we do, I think, pretty well considering the amount of money we spend on defense. But right after that is promote the general welfare, promote the general welfare of the population. And to talk about promoting the general welfare specifically it seems to me as, as it is easily read that even during the early stages of forming the, the United States, that the framers of the Constitution indicated that issues such as poverty, housing, food, and other economic and social welfare issues facing the citizens were a central concern. I mean, promote the general welfare wasn't hidden in one of the articles or, right. or buried down, you know, far, far down. And yeah, it like the, Article 20, Section yeah. A, Subsection I, I, I. It's it the preamble. Like, yeah, yeah. It is the first sentence. Promote the general welfare. 
And then we've got all these people on the right calling calling the Democrats Marxists and communists for wanting to promote the general welfare. What they're inferring is that people would like myself, like yourself, would like to use the tax money collected by the government to support the general welfare. I mean, I don't think that's it's not that not that too hard to understand. Mm-hmm. You're paying federal taxes. I'm paying federal taxes. Most people listening to this show is paying federal taxes. And the break has caught me here with 30 seconds to go. I'm never, nowhere near going to be able to finish this, but we'll, we'll talk about it at the top of the next segment. Stay tuned. This is the Valley Labor Report. Listening to the Valley Labor Report with David Story, and this is News Talk 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN. News starts now. California is under a state of emergency as almost 600 wildfires continue to rage across the state. Correspondent Paul Verkamen is surveying some of the devastation in the Napa Valley. Here we've had 314,000 acres burned, some 560 structures completely destroyed. This is now the second largest wildfire in California history. It's that devastating. Six people have died in the fires. The U.S. House of Representatives has convened for a rare Saturday session to deal with disruptions in the delivery of mail. The number of coronavirus deaths in the U.S. now exceeds 175,000, with more than 5.6 million confirmed cases. The University of Washington saying its model projects the number of deaths in the U.S. could soar to 310,000 by December. Today, the number of deaths worldwide from the virus reached 800,000. I'm Christopher Cruz. The attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have stood with the working people of Alabama for over 40 years, providing skilled legal representation for your workplace injury claims. When you are injured on the job, it can be a scary time, but the attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have the experience to guide you through the process to make sure that you and your family are properly taken care of and your rights are protected. If you need help, call the attorneys at Maple, Tucker, and Jacobs at 855-617-9333 or visit online at www.mtandj.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services is greater than the quality of legal services provided by other law firms. People across Alabama are hurting. Elected leaders have bailed out corporations while sending only a one-time cash payment to working families despite record unemployment and a public health crisis. Hometown Action is fighting for working people across Alabama to build inclusive and sustainable small town and rural communities. Hometown Action demands that Congress pass a people's bailout that expands health care, sends cash payments to families, and invests in green jobs to restart the economy. Now is the time to act. Learn more at www.hometownaction.org. The Valley Labor Report is also supported by listeners like you. If you value the work that we are doing, injecting a different perspective into talk radio, and you have the means, consider signing up for a monthly donation on patreon.com slash the Valley Labor Report. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash the Valley Labor Report to support our work and keep us on the air.
The attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have stood with the working people of Alabama for over 40 years, providing skilled legal representation for your workplace injury claims. When you are injured on the job, it can be a scary time, but the attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have the experience to guide you through the process to make sure that you and your family are properly taken care of and your rights are protected. If you need help, call the attorneys at Maple, Tucker, and Jacobs at 855-617-9333 or visit online at www.mtandj.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services is greater than the quality of legal services provided by other law firms. The Dale Jackson Show, a safe space for terrible people. Weekdays, 7 to 11 a.m., only on WVNN. WVNN. The long-haired preachers come out every night. I try to tell you what's wrong and what's right. But when asked about something to eat, uh, they will answer in voices so sweet. You will eat, you will eat by and by. In that glorious land in the sky, way up high, working for Welcome back to the Valley Labor Report. I, I just, I love old union folk music. It's some good stuff. That's Utah Phillips. He was a wobbly in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. He'd go on, um, you know, he'd go on tour singing at like union halls and stuff. He's pretty cool. Picket pretty lines. cool. Picket lines. What's that? Picket lines. Picket lines. Picket oh lines. yes, yeah. I've gone, and, I've gone and sung on some picket lines before. It's been a lot of fun. I love yeah, it. You I, did. I, I, you know what? I tell you what. You pulled out the stops. It was a professional performance. So when we left off, we were talking about federal taxes. Yeah, we were talking about welfare. Promotion a, of the general welfare. Yeah, and I have, a, I have a feeling I know where it's going. Do you? Yeah. Maybe well, we were talking about Amazon a while ago, we but yeah. <laughs> so we were talking about, you know, I pay taxes. You pay taxes. We've all paid federal taxes if you work for a living. Some of us. Some of us might figure out a way to get around it, but most of us actually pay taxes. And I would like for our money to go to promote the general welfare of the citizenry. You know, uh, if, if you think about that for a second, it's money that the federal government collects. What are they doing with it? What does the right want them to do with it? What do the talking heads want them to do with it? You know, they say, well, we shouldn't, shouldn't be for these socialist programs or these entitlement programs is what they've gotten to call them lately, along with Social Security that we've paid into all of our lives for. But one of the major problems with the term welfare is is it's construed as meaning social welfare. And with the rise of the new radical conservative movement over the past 10 to 15 years, but especially over the past three to four years, Republicans have, have, have coined the phrase entitlement programs. You've heard them use it for Social Security, something we pay to, into for our entire working lives. That's some type of entitlement program to them, some form of welfare to them. Look, folks, it's just like every other tax we pay. We should be getting a service for that. Otherwise, what's the point of paying taxes? What they've done here, though, is smoke and mirrors. They want to continue calling, collecting these taxes from us, but if we want a service in return for those taxes, we're communists or we're Marxists or we're far-left radicals. The problem is, and what they're refusing to inform the general public, 
is that their entitlement programs is entitlement for the wealthy and scraps for the struggling workers. The Cato Institute, is, this is not a far-left organization. Happens to be very right-leaning. Funded by the Koch brothers. Funded by the Koch brothers. Not liberal fake media. They found in a report that $59 billion per year is spent on traditional social welfare programs, such as SNAP, housing subsidies, things like that. $59 billion per year. $92 billion per year is spent on corporate subsidies. The $92 billion represents 5% of the entire federal budget is going to corporate subsidies. So the government spends almost double on corporate welfare than it does on food stamps and housing assistance. You see, what the right wants you to think when they say government welfare is the proverbial welfare queen sitting on top of her majestic throne of government cheese issuing a royal decree to her illegitimate babies that they shut the hell up while she tries to watch TV. However, the fact is... Most of this government welfare goes to politically well-connected corporations that are parasitically draining their share of fiscal blood from mine and your paycheck before you ever see it. It's called corporate welfare, and the riders standing at the hogs trough slinging out as much money as they can to corporate pigs. It, it, it's, it's really sickening. Taking our tax dollars, all of our corporations are paying people like the CEO of Walmart, C. Douglas McMillian, $20.9 million a year. General Motors has had only paid federal taxes three years since 2010. Three years since 2010 on $50 billion of income, yet me and you are paying it every day. Amazon pays zero taxes on $11 billion of profits, and on top of paying zero taxes, received a rebate for $129 million from us out of our pocket. How, how does that make sense? And, but but we're, we're far leftists. We're Marxists. We're communists. If we ask for a service to be provided for our, from our tax dollars. So what they're telling you is only half the story. And it gets better. Companies like Walmart it, it pay such low wages that we pay another $6.2 million, billion, my apology, $6.2 billion a year in public assistance for their employees. So they're getting it coming and going, and we're footing the bill for it. But yet nobody wants to raise the minimum wage. You know, it, it's, it's, it's exploitation at its finest, and all the workers and this nation are paying for it, but yet we're the communists, we're the Marxists, we're the far left. The question is, who are the Marxists of the country? Who are the ticks and leeches that feed off the blood of the working class? Those that would support returning tax dollars in the form of services to those of us who work in this country are those who would gladly continue giving it out to the corporate welfare queens. This is where we're at, folks. I'm going to tell you. I hate most of the Democrats as much as I do the Republicans because they're responsible for this as well. But please, please stop listening to those idiotic talking heads on right-wing radio, right-wing television, 
telling you that we're socialists, that we're Marxists, that we're communists for wanting a service in return for our tax dollars because they're doing, they're doing nothing but blowing smoke up your butt. Simple as that. The, the 1% are getting rich. The 99% are getting absolutely nothing. They're not promoting the general welfare of America. They're, not in, they're, they're enriching their buddies. So they'll continue donating to their re-election campaigns at the expense of all of us. Yeah. But we're the communists here. Right. I mean, I mean, like, some of us are socialists, but that's not what makes us socialists. You know, the, just the, the, like, oh, I think that in 21st century America, you shouldn't die because you're poor and have diabetes. Like, that's not what makes, you know, that just, that's, like, that just makes me a human who, like, cares about people. If I'm a socialist, there are other things that make me a socialist. But that's not it. Well, that's uh, just, the, the that's point normal. of the matter is, if you're going to call me a socialist for wanting a service for a tax that I pay, mm -hmm. then what do you call the far right that continues to shovel all this money into corporate bank accounts at our expense. I mean, it is, that, that's socialism at its finest, except for it's socialism for the 1%. Right, right. That, I mean, it's it's really just, it's mind-numbing. Um, it's mind-numbing, the, the, the stuff that you hear. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, like, I just, it, it's just difficult to, I mean, it's difficult to know what to say because it's it's so silly. Like I was listening to Noam Chomsky yesterday, and he in an interview that he gave, and he was talking about how the far left radical, you know, socialists in America, they have they have two central planks in their platform, and it is all residents of the country will have health care, and you can have free education. Like that is that's the crazy radical thing, and and where do you see this? Where where do you where do you see other countries that have free healthcare or free education, free higher education? And it's like, well, uh, an easier Everywhere. and yeah, an easier question to ask would be, what wealthy countries do you see that don't have free healthcare, that don't have free higher education? And when I say free. I swear, if I get somebody that tweets me says it's not free, our taxes yeah, no, pay for free. it. Like, it's like I know what that means. Free at the point of service is what we mean when we say free healthcare. We know that people pay through it through taxes, and that is obviously a better way to pay for it because if you compare our expenditures on healthcare to expenditures in other wealthy Western nations, Americans pay twice as much as other Western nations do for healthcare, and we get uh, inferior product. And that's the truth. And that's that's something that you're not going to hear uh, on, you know, right-wing uh, right talk, but that's the truth. We pay twice as much as other countries do for healthcare, and we get an inferior product. Why is that? The reason is because we've got these corporate vulture leeching middlemen that uh, called private insurance companies that the i mean seriously folks the model of an insurance company the way that insurance companies make a profit <clears throat> 
is by taking as much money as they can from you and paying for as little health care as possible. Like, that is the way that the thing happens. That's the way that they make money. And that's... I mean, Look at the look at the CEOs of like Blue Cross Blue Shield or um, I don't even know. That's the one. Yeah, that's the one in Alabama. There are others. There are others. But they make tens of millions of dollars a year. Where does that money come from? That money literally comes from not giving you health care. That is evil. Okay. Okay. These companies are vultures leeches and i'm not talking about the people that the people that answer the phones they're just doing their job they're just trying to make it in this dystopian world that we live in and i don't i what i blame is the system the people at the top who create a system where people can get obscenely wealthy by making sure that poor people don't have health care that is what infuriates me what service do they provide that should infer infuriate you. They don't provide yeah, any service. Exactly. They take money from us. They give money to the hospital, and they take a cut out of it in the middle. They it's don't insane. provide a service whatsoever. It's insane. If you just think about the system that we have in this country for literally two seconds, if you look at it, if if you don't take it for granted that this is what we this is the system that that we have, and therefore it's like God's given system. If you just take a step back and you evaluate the system that we have. It is illogical, it's immoral, and it's disgusting. It's disgusting that we live in the richest country in the history of the world and having diabetes while you're a poor person is a death sentence. Preach. Preach. It's it's evil. It's evil. Like, uh, insulin doesn't even cost that much money to no, make. No, it was given. The dead gum patent was signed away. Seriously. It was given away. It's disgust. I mean, it's it's just it's evil. The fact that uh, uh, that, uh, that that somebody could have diabetes in this country and die because they don't have the money for insulin. But that's the system that we live in, and that's the system that the corporate oligarchs, the people who make tens of millions of dollars a year, the people who make hundreds of millions, the people who make billions of dollars a year, they want you to believe is the right system. That's the system that they pay their uh, their uh, propagandists to, te- to sell you on. That's... I, I just I don't know. It, it's what's it's wrong. What's wrong with the thought? You know, it was just brought up a, uh, a month or so ago that 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 our tax dollars are being invested in millions of dollars in the coronavirus mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. vaccine. Yes. What is wrong with the with the people getting a cut back out of that some, vaccine? Some I can't remember who tweeted this out, but some just absolute fool said uh when we get a coronavirus vaccine you can thank capitalism for it and it's like all of the funding is being provided by taxpayers and then some big company is going to make profit foolish 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 this is the valley labor report stay tuned you're listening to the valley labor report with david story and jacob morrison The attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have stood with the working people of Alabama for over 40 years, providing skilled legal representation for your workplace injury claims. 
When you are injured on the job, it can be a scary time, but the attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have the experience to guide you through the process to make sure that you and your family are properly taken care of and your rights are protected. If you need help, call the attorneys at Maple, Tucker, and Jacobs at 855-617-9333 or visit online at www.mtandj.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services is greater than the quality of legal services provided by other law firms. The Valley Labor Report is also supported by listeners like you. If you value the work that we are doing, injecting a different perspective into talk radio, and you have the means, consider signing up for a monthly donation on patreon.com slash the Valley Labor Report. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash the Valley Labor Report to support our work and keep us on the air. People across Alabama are hurting. Elected leaders have bailed out corporations while sending only a one-time cash payment to working families despite record unemployment and a public health crisis. Hometown Action is fighting for working people across Alabama to build inclusive and sustainable small town and rural communities. Hometown Action demands that Congress pass a people's bailout that expands health care, sends cash payments to families, and invests in green jobs to restart the economy. Now is the time to act. Learn more at www.hometownaction.org. The American Federation of Government Employees, AFGE, Local 1858, believes all workers are entitled to fairness, dignity, and respect. AFGE also knows that the best way to guarantee proper treatment is for workers to stand together, united, looking out for each other. In AFGE, we fight for workers every day to ensure a workplace that is safe and free from harassment. If you're a federal employee and want to be a part of this union to protect yourself and your fellow workers, call 256 876-4880. The attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have stood with the working people of Alabama for over 40 years, providing skilled legal representation for your workplace injury claims. When you are injured on the job, it can be a scary time, but the attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have the experience to guide you through the process to make sure that you and your family are properly taken care of and your rights are protected. If you need help, call the attorneys at Maple, Tucker, and Jacobs at 855-617-9333 or visit online at www.mtandj.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services is greater than the quality of legal services provided by other law firms. WVNN. Depend on it. Welcome back to the Valley Labor Report. This is the last segment, and um, I've been watching. I I've been watching just with amazement the the conservative commentary on what's been happening with the post office. I mean, it's just it's truly amazing the things that people are just there's they're saying with no reservation, like they're not embarrassed by what they're saying at all. They're saying that. Oh, the left, this 
that the destroying the they the that the left thinks that we want to destroy the post office. The left thinks that Trump wants to delay mail-in ballots to um to rig the election. And this is just a big conspiracy theory. These Fight people, those. this is Fight the left. Those. This is the left's QAnon. And I'm like, how do you? I mean, how do you like go to sleep at night? Just such blatant lies. I mean, how do you see, honestly? How do you justify honestly, yourself so here's, with, the, with with Trump saying it? It's seriously. How do you? How so do you, here's what there are. There are two reasons that that are intersecting right now to destroy the post office. The the one that has been going on since its since uh, its inception is just the normal capitalist free market vulture profiteering leech logic which is that this is a public service that's providing goods for all americans uh that is reasonably priced and it's efficient and effective and it's giving people good paying jobs we don't want that no we, we need to we, take that we over. need to we need to get rid of that we can make a buck off we of need that. to make a buck off it that's the obvious you know that's the one that's been going on this is that's been a decade thing but the second one is that to rig the election, to harm confidence in mail-in ballots, to harm the the mail-in ballot, uh, uh, the absentee balloting process, and this is like Trump just literally freaking said it. Like I don't, I mean, and these are two right things that I mean out of his mouth. Like these are two things that are documented. That so so we've got so we have. I mean, we have established there is a motivation here. To destroy the post office. Okay, so let's say let's move forward in this conversation. We have established there are motivations for um, right wing oligarchs to destroy the post office. All right, all right, okay. Let's move forward. How do we destroy it? How, what would you do if you wanted to rig the election and privatize the post office so that you can make a buck off of it? Well, if you want to privatize it, you've got a big problem. Because the post office has a 91% approval rating in America. Most Americans, I mean, when I say most, like the vast majority of Americans have a positive opinion of the post office. Love it. They, they, it's, it, it works great. Veterans depend on it for jobs. It's the biggest employer of veterans in the country. People depend on it for their medications, um, and, and it just it works well. You get it, and, and it works the and same. And it's reasonably for, priced. It's reasonably priced. It, it, it works the same for everybody, no matter who you are or yeah. where you are. You can ship something for the same price in this country. Okay, that is not like market logic. That's service logic. So you got a problem here because this is working really well. It's delivering the goods. It's delivering the goods efficiently, and it's providing good-paying union jobs for people all across the country. So people like they're fine with it the way it is. So how do you get the? Uh, how do you get people to go along with a privatization plan? You've got to make it. You've got to make it seem bad. You've got to. Um, destroy the service you've got to make it so that people are no longer satisfied with the service that it is providing and that's been happening Louis DeJoy the current postmaster general has been sabotaging the post office look it's he, been happening long before let's be honest it's been happening for a while but if you look at the, the, the one of the Democrats in, in the hearings created this graph that was just I mean, it was really, I had no idea it was this bad, but it showed the rate of mail that was delivered on time. And it was, 
I mean, for for months and months and months before the pandemic and after, and during the pandemic, it was in a narrow range, like 85 to 95 percent of the mail is delivered on time. And then immediately following these new policies of destroying mail sorting machines, de- denying overtime, um, removing po- uh, uh, mailboxes, those blue mailboxes. There is a precipitous decline in the amount of mail that was delivered on time. And like, that's not, that's just a fact. That is just a fact that this is happening. Chicks are being delivered dead to farmers who that you can deliver like chickens, yep. baby chickens through the mail. They're being delivered dead because the, the uh, because it didn't get there on time. Uh, people are not getting their medicine on time. I mean, this is just like, I can't believe that people have the gall to get in front of a microphone and just say this is a conspiracy because this it's just it's documented fact the postmaster general admitted that there are mail delays because because of his policies he's saying that oh this is an unintended effect of policies that are going to improve the postal service bs that yeah. if you believe that you are just the most gullible person in the world so that's how you that's how you just that's how you privatize it. You make it such that the service is no longer quality. You make it so that people are not willing to fight for it because they're like, this isn't an institution that works for me. Maybe it will work better in the private sector. And of course it won't. And Rand Paul suggested that people in rural Kentucky or rural Alabama, maybe they should only get mail two times a week. Yeah. Maybe, but the people in Beverly Hill, uh, people in Beverly Hills and the Hamptons. They get they can have mail six days a week. That's fine. But you peasants on dirt roads in Tennessee and Alabama, you don't deserve mail every day of the week. Screw you. That's what Rand Paul and the Republicans are saying. Goes back to the same thing it always has. If you can afford to pay for something, if you're rich, if you're elite, you will have access to anything you want. But we want to deny access. To everyone else. That's exactly right. And the mail-in balloting, he doesn't. Pe- people are saying like, "Oh, there's no clear case of it being uh, uh, being targeting swing states." But it doesn't have to target swing states because Democrats, people who are going to vote for Democrats, they're more likely to believe that the virus is real and more likely to take precautions. Like you can just see this in the in the pa- the way that people self-report. So they're obviously more likely to use mail-in ballots. And so if you delay the mail, delaying the mail is going to hurt Democrats hurt their vote share because it's going to come in late and their votes are not going to be counted. And so you don't even have to target. You just have to destroy the Postal Service and you're automatically going to hurt Democrats worse than Republicans. And so like... Except for in Florida. Except for in Florida because he come out and said... Florida's yeah, mail has yeah, right. done They've got everything under control because he knows in Florida he's got a it's, higher percentage of elderly that are going to use mail-in ballots. Yeah. It's, I mean, oh, yeah, this is insane. It, the gall of people to just get in front of a microphone and just say it. it's amazing. But, folks, this has been the Valley Labor Report. Uh, we will see you next week.